0: Man, God is so good. woo Isn't He good? I hope you guys have been getting a lot out of our Genesis uh, study, the foundation, uh, 1 through 11, and then also through Abram. Uh, man, you know what amazes me? I thought for all these years, you know, you read the Bible and, and you hear Bible stories, and, you know, we're so guilty of hearing little 15-second or 30-second sound bites, and that's what our theology is based on. Come on now. Right? I mean, that's what we, we hear, you know, our whole theology is based on these little bloop, bloop, bloop christian things that are popping out. But when you start getting into God's Word and you start really digging in and studying and looking at some of the stuff that God has given us, man, I'm telling you, stuff just, I mean, it really helps me. I don't know about you. You know, I thought all these years, man, Abram was this you know, he came out of the womb and he was just, oh, you know. That guy's a knucklehead just like the rest of us. Right? I mean he is man. He's, he's great Here's what I'm finding out man, Abram answered God's call reluctantly. you hear me? y'all listening? reluctantly. But then as he started growing in his relationship with Jesus, he started getting closer to Jesus, His faith started to, his faith started to grow. He started to surrender, he started to sacrifice. He started to serve, he started sharing faith. He said, man, it just, it just amazes me. This is a picture of how we should be growing in our relationship with God. This is a picture of how we should be growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So last week, you know, Machilzadek blesses Abram. We know Lot was captured in the war of the kings, right? Abram takes 318 of his own trained men and went to rescue him. And he defeats them, right? He's on the way home. Abram... Received a victory from the Lord. That's critical, right? Abram didn't do it. Who did it? Say, God did it loud. Say it loud. God did did it. You know God always does it. Who are we to think we did something? huh? God did it. So, in Abram's victory, we see how we should respond, how we should respond in our battles, in our victories, right? Because hadn't God given us the victory? Huh? He has. The battle isn't ours. Here's number one. The battle isn't ours. It was God's. However, we need to be trained and prepared. Right? If you're not trained and prepared, how are you going to go do battle? You can't. You're going to get killed. You're going to get wiped out. Right? You're going to be severely wounded if you're not trained and prepared. And then look, do, do you start training and preparing when there's a battle? No. You start now, right? You start now getting ready for the battle. Cause look, a battle's coming, right? How many have been in a storm lately? How many just coming out of a storm? If you didn't raise your hand, man, you better put your seatbelt on because it's coming. It's coming. Storms are going to happen. So number two, after the battle and the victory, look, what happens After after you you hit that mountaintop, right, there's been a victory, there's been a battle. You're you're on top, right? What happens? Satan attacks. Do you know that's the time he attacks most often? Is After the victory, after the battle, when we're on the mountaintop? Be refreshed, be encouraged, be blessed in communion. Don't miss that, man. In communion, that's relationship, right? Be blessed, be encouraged, be refreshed in communion with Jesus. Because, man, if we're, not, if we're not in that relationship, if this ain't right, when Satan comes to attack, what's going to happen? He's going to mess your head up, okay? He is. We still might be saved, but Satan see Satan wants to take us out of the picture, man, so we're no influence to God, so we're no influence to others to come to know him. Number three, look. Abram gave God the first fruits of victory. Right? Machilzadek said, "Hey, hey, Bubba, God's blessed you today. God gave you the victory. Abram gave him the first. First fruits means the best. Abram just gave God 10%, it said, of the best. He didn't give God his leftovers. Are we giving God our best? Are we living in victory today? Look, do this real quick. Everybody take a deep breath. Nobody pass out on me. Now let it out. Okay, if that just happened to you, and you online, do you know you just have some victory? You realize that? Because we're alive today because of Jesus Christ. Okay? We're alive today. We're worshiping because of Jesus Christ. Now, what are you going to give him? What are you going to give him? What are we going to give him? Give him your best. Give him your best, not your leftovers, man. Okay? And then the fourth thing is, look, don't give up the eternal reward for some earthly reward, right? Abram, Abram the king, Sodom came, king of Sodom came out after Machilzadek. And the king of Sodom, after Abram had already given uh, Machilzadek 10%, uh, the king of Sodom says, uh, Hey, look, man, uh, you, you can keep the goods, just give me the people. Like Abram, like, like he, owns, he did something. The victory was God's. Abram already owned all of that, right? Because he already gave the best of it to Machilzadek. Machilzadek was a a type of Christ, right? Remember theophany, Christophany? So Machilzadek was a type of Christ. Abram's already given him 10%. What do you mean coming out here telling me, I can keep this and you'll take the people? Ain't that just like Satan? Remember that? Satan just wants the people. Satan just wants souls, right? Abram said, look, Bubba, you can have it all. I don't want a shoestring. I don't want a thread. You take it. Abram knew he had an eternal reward. It ain't no earthly reward. See, guys, if we're striving for stuff here, then our priorities and our our purpose is mixed up. Our reward is not here. Now, does God bless us here with stuff? Yes, God bless us. But man, our reward is not here. This ain't your home, man. This is not my home. God has blessed me. Yes, He's blessed me. But this ain't my home. I need to be striving for some eternal rewards. Man, look it up this week. You get in your Bible and you look up what does it mean to have an eternal reward? Are we seeking, striving for that or for earthly things? And then last, He said, Look, man, and He didn't say this, but this is what happened. Abram separated himself because the king of Sodom is representative of the world, okay? So don't miss that. That's a representation of what the world was like. So Abram separated himself because Abram's trust and confidence was what? In himself, right? Where was his trust and confidence? It was in God. His trust and confidence was in God. So don't make alliances. Don't make partnerships. Don't make... Don't make partnerships or or, or contracts with things of the world. Okay? And man, we got to look, we got to be careful sometimes. Do you know there's people in the church that are of the world? Look, there are churches, there are pastors, there are denominations, there are some in the kingdom of God that are of the world. We need to be careful. How does it stand up against God's word? How does it stand against that? If there's anything that contradicts God's Word, then we need to be careful of that. I would urge you today, you need to separate yourself. If it contradicts God's Word, how's God going to bless that? He's not. You know who's blessing it if it's being blessed? Come on, church. Who's blessing it? Name of two. It's either God's blessing or saying, look, man, Satan will give you a blessing. You know, Satan blessed me for 35 years with stuff because I was materialistic. Satan kept me away from God for 35 years just giving me, blessing me with stuff. You don't think that's real? It is real. Some of us are still struggling with it, aren't we? Let's be honest, man, we are. I struggle with it every day. Okay? So here we are in chapter 15, right? So... Machilzadek has blessed Abram. Abram's coming back from victory, right? And and now God confirms his promise with Abram. Okay? So, now, why does God need to confirm after all that? Why does God need to confirm? Well, let's look at verse 1. After this, it says, The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Okay, so look what what's going on here. Well, remember, after after that mountaintop experience, after we win the battle, after we've 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 won the victory, right? God does it, but but we showed up and fought like we were supposed to. Man, Satan attacks us. Satan is just relentless, man. Satan ever you ever be at work or you're at, man you ever be doing a devotion? I'm talking about doing a devotion and stupid stuff popping your head, huh? Y'all ever start thinking about somebody or some situation that happened and all of a sudden you're thinking about stuff? You're mad. You're just pissed off with them and you ain't even talk to them. Have y'all done that? I'm the only one that does that. I mean, do y'all do that? You're starting to think about the situation or what they're going to say or how they're going to react or or blah, 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 blah. You know, Satan's driving us nuts, man. So Abram, here he is. He's going, look, what (laughs) What did I just do? First time war is mentioned in the Bible, okay? I just went to war against four kings. Now these cats are coming after me. I ain't got but 318 men. This is my own family. How am I going to fight and lead these herds? How am I going to fight, take care of my business? How am I going to fight and do, I mean, I just, I can't. I, you know, so it's Satan wearing them out, right? How, how do I, that knuckle? The guy, the knucklehead that I went to save, where do you think he went? He went right back to Sodom. All that time, effort, energy, resources, I put myself and my men's life on the line, and that knucklehead goes right back to Sodom. And on top of that, I give the king of Sodom everything I got. Again, Satan. Satan. Satan messing with our mind, right? That's why the Lord came to him, right? See, sometimes, man, doubt and fear starts creeping in. And you know doubt and fear keeps us from being everything that God wants us to be? Some of us are online and sitting here today and doubt and fear, I want y'all to listen to me, okay? I know because I was there. I know because it happened to me, okay? Doubt and And fear will keep you from being the man or the woman that God wants you to be. Where does doubt and fear come from? Don't let doubt and fear keep you from being the person God wants you to be. God tells him, look, first thing he says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your reward. Man, what an awesome thing to tell somebody to struggle, right? What an awesome thing. So I want you to underline, maybe print that out, put that on your mirror in your bathroom, put that on your refrigerator, put it on your computer at work, wherever you spend the most time, okay? And you read that to yourself every day. J.D., don't be afraid. I'm your shield, your very great reward, God said. Read that every day. Sometimes you may have to read it multiple times a day, okay? What a great thing to tell him, right? And Psalm 3.3, Psalm look at this. You know, God's Word interprets God's Word, right? So look at this. Psalm 3.3. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. Because what's Satan trying to do? He's trying to beat you down, isn't he? And look, Psalm 119, 114. You, he's talking about the Lord. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Who's the word? Jesus, right? Psalm 84, For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. What does the sun do? The sun gives us light so we can see what direction to go in, right? The sun, or the Lord is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. Grace and glory. Could it be a better gift? The Lord will withhold. Check this out now. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. And in Isaiah 41.10, most people know this. It's great, a great message about not fearing. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Okay? Look, man, Mr. Ted said it years ago. I've never forgotten it. I love you, brother. Mr. Tensel, look, God takes care of what belongs to Him. question is, do we belong to Him? Not a question of whether God's going to take care of it. The question is, do I belong to Him? Abram, your reward will be great. See, God had promised Abram descendants, now watch this, God had promised Abram descendants a nation and land, right? Not as a reward, but to fulfill God's promise. Okay. See, sometimes, man, we, we look at this and we think, well, that's Abram's reward. That was not Abram's reward. That's what God promised him to fulfill the promise that God gave us in Genesis 3:15. Right? It was through his descendants, a nation and a land, that the Messiah would come. So, Abram's reward was wasn't what God would give him or do through him, but what was his reward? He just said it at the end of, chapter, end of verse 1. God Himself is His reward. God Himself, and that's the same thing applies with us. God Himself is our reward. Not what God is going to give us or allow us, not what God's going to do through us. No, God is our reward. And man, that needs to be our focus. See, if we don't get that right, we're going to mess up a whole bunch of stuff, aren't we? God is my reward. Man, is there any greater reward than the right relationship, fellowship, and, 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 and restoration to God the Father through Jesus Christ? I mean, could there be a greater, a greater reward? Look at what Paul wrote in, in Philippians 3. You may say 7 and 9, but it's actually 8 and 9. Philippians 3, 8 and 9, it says, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for his sake i've discarded everything else counting it all as garbage if you look up original translation there what does that word mean garbage dung i consider everything else dung so that i so what so that i could gain christ and become one with him there's the relationship there's the fellowship right so it, it, the reward is god himself the reward is God, and, and, and he provided a way through Jesus Christ, right? But Abram Abram said this, look, sovereign Lord, what, what I'm in verse 2 and 3, sovereign Lord, what, what can you give me? I, I'm still childless, and, and the, the one who's going to inherit my estate is uh, Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you, you've given me no children, so a servant in my household is going to be my heir. And that's what happened in that culture, if a, if a husband, wife, or somebody had no kids, then... The, the lead servant in the home would become the heir. So see yes Lord you've blessed me. Yes Lord you've you've I know you're my ward you you've blessed me but how's this gonna you ain't giving me no kids. I'm an 80, 85 year old man. My wife's 70, 75 and we ain't got no kids. I mean unless you've changed some way a kid's coming into the world uh I don't know Lord I just ain't seeing it. Now, is Abram doubting God here? There's some stuff going through his head, isn't it? He's not doubting God. What is he doubting? He's doubting how the outcome is going to manifest itself, right? And look, there's a a critical thing here. There's nothing wrong with doubts, man. We have doubts, okay? We have doubts. But here's here's the issue, and and I love David Gusek, uh, Enduring Word. He said it best. He said, There's a difference in a doubt that denies God's promise. And a doubt that desires God's promise. See, Abram wasn't denying God's promise. What was he doing? He was desiring it. God, I know, I know you bless me. I believe in you. I'm a, a, yes, God, everything. Underlined, highlighted in bold print, right? But I just don't see how it's gonna happen because we're childless. So it was a doubt that was that was desiring God. And then God speaks to him in verse 4 through 6. It says, The word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir. That's pretty clear, isn't it? But a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and he said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Now, the stars, of the, that was representative of two, two offspring. One was a physical offspring, the Hebrew people, and then the other was a spiritual offspring. God was letting him know, look, man, I'm doing a work through you, through your descendants. Yes, physically you're going to have descendants that, that you can't count, but spiritually you're going to have descendants that's going to blow your mind, Abel. And then probably one of the greatest verses in the Bible, Genesis 15, 6, It said, Abram believed the Lord. Abram believed the Lord. And he, meaning God, credited it to him as righteousness. And now this is the first time believe is used in God's Word. And look, notice it's not believing in. It doesn't say that Abram believed in the Lord. It said he believed the Lord. See, the demons believe in God. And the Bible says they tremble. So it's not a believing in, it's believing. Believing God is faith, right? And that's that's what we know that Abram was credited for. If you go to Hebrews 11 and you look at the hall of faith, it's it's faith. It's God, I trust you. God, I agree with you. God, I'm going to act in obedience to you and your word. That's what that believe in. That's what believing means. Not just believing in something. And again, first time righteousness is using God's word. God credited it to him as righteous. Why? Because Abram believed God. God, I trust you. I, I agree with your word, and I'm going to act in, in obedience. Now, look, Abram didn't fulfill the law, the law hadn't even been created yet. A, Abram, he wasn't in. Look, man, he, he had a special parking place at his church. Because he didn't, miss, he didn't miss a Sunday. He didn't miss Sunday school. He didn't miss Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. He didn't miss nothing. He was, every time the doors were open, he was at his church. They even had him a special camel parking place just for him. <laughs> because he was perfect attendance. He didn't even have a church back then, guys. He worshiped. He was the, do you know he was the worship leader in his family? Do you know he was the priest in his family? Hey, men, come on. Come on now. Wasn't what he did. It was a relationship that he had with God. Look at what Paul wrote for verse 4, 20 through 24 of Romans. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. That's strong. Right? In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. I love this. It was recorded for our benefit, too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe Have faith in Him, right? The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Guys, that's a picture of us. In Genesis 15, 6, that's a picture of us if we believe God through Jesus Christ. If we just trust God, if we agree with Him and His Word, and if we act in obedience to that. This this, this righteousness that we're reading about here, that, that can be credited to us. That's amazing, isn't it? And in verse 7, he also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, the Chaldeans, to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how, how can I know that I'll gain possession of it? You know, God's reminding him, Abram, let me tell you who I am. I'm the Lord, okay? I'm the one that called you, and this is what I called you to do. You ever need to be reminded by God? Did God do stuff in your life sometimes just to remind you of who He is? And look, again, I don't think Abram is doubting, denying God's Word, or being disrespectful. I think he just, man, as a human, you know, I don't have no kids. You're showing me the stars of the sky. You're telling me all this stuff. And, and Lord, I just can't comprehend it. I just just cannot fathom right now how this is going to happen, how I'm going to take possession of it. So the Lord tells him in verse 9, the Lord says to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. And Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite one another. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. Now, you know, I first saw that, I thought, what the heck is this? You know, Is God hungry? He's having a barbecue right here, right? So... Look, man. In those days, they didn't. You couldn't call up, you know, uh, John, local lawyer, and meet together, you know, and sign a document and have it notarized and and file that down at the courthouse. This is a covenant. Abram knew what God was doing because he didn't have to ask no questions. In that day, there was a covenant. You would take an animal. You would cut an animal, depending on the covenant. It's called a blood covenant. You would split that animal in two, one side here, one side here, and Jerry and I, we're going to make this covenant. We're going to walk through those split animals together, and, and, and the end result of that is Jerry and I are making a blood covenant. We're going to say, look, man, if my word and my deed, if, if my oath, if, 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 if I don't honor that, then may that happen to me. May I be split in two. That's pretty strong Uh, I thank God for being able to sign a piece of paper today Uh, I I mean I'm okay with a handshake right or signing a piece of paper but that was the covenant that they made man that's pretty strong maybe we need to do that for now maybe we need to start that might uh that might jack us up a little bit but I I think it might ensure that we follow through with our covenants Uh so uh, that's pretty strong man Again, blood covenant. You can read about this in Jeremiah 34, okay, uh, just for some, some reference there. So, verse 12, as the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick, dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him. Now, keep in mind, Abram said, Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't know how I'm going to possess it. I don't know how this is going to happen, okay? So, Abram's got some questions. Look, man, I, the, right here. Be careful what you ask God to reveal to you. Be careful the questions that we ask God. Okay? As the sun is setting, Abram goes into a deep sleep, and a thick, dreadful darkness came over him. Okay? Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. Now we know that to be what? Egypt, right? But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation of your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full potential. So God tells them. God tells them how it's going to happen. Your descendants, 400 years, they're going to go. They're going to be, he didn't tell them the land. He just said they're going to be enslaved for 400 years. And, and Abram, you're not going to be around, Bubba. You're going to die. You're going to live to be a, a ripe old age, but you're going to die in peace. Your folks are going to come back here and take possession of the land. And again, we know when the Amorites came, or not the Amorites, but when the children of Israel came out, you know, they wandered in the in the, in the desert for 40 years, right? When they came back to the promised land and finally went into the promised land, they drove out the Canaanites and the Amorites because their wickedness was so bad, they were so evil, and that's how God used them to drive them out of the land. So it says here, when the the sun had set, verse 17, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoke and fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. God shows up, again, it's a theophany, right? Remember theophany? God showed up in a burning bush to Moses. So God shows up in a smoking fire pot and in a blazing flaming torch. Now what is that representative of? Well, a smoking firepot. pot, God's, God's smoke. Y'all remember, uh, if you saw the movie, Charlton Heston, Moses, Ten Commandments? Remember when they were in Mount Sinai and Moses was going up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments? Remember the thunder, the lightning, the earthquakes, the smoke? You can read about it in uh, Exodus 20.15. The mountain was covered in smoke. Man, that's God's glory. So the smoke and fire part is, is representative of the glory of God, right? Remember, they, they led the children of Israel through a cloud, a pillar of a cloud of smoke, right? And a pillar of cloud of what? fire. Okay, so here, that's representative of God Himself showing up. Same thing with the torch, right? God was in a burning bush. There was lightning. (laughs) So God shows up, and He walks through the animals. Where's Abram? Abram's still asleep. God Himself walks through the animals. God Himself, God said, look man, I don't need you walking through nothing. I can't trust you, you're a human. But my word will never prevail, I will never fail. So God is the only one that walks through that blood covenant, right? Wow. The promise, and, and, and what God revealed to me is, look, the promise has nothing to do with Abraham. Nothing to do with Abraham. Nothing to do with the Hebrews. Nothing to do with nothing except for God. Man, that encourages me, right? Because look, man, I've I read about the history of humans. We can jack some stuff up, can't we? We jack stuff up so much that God took us all out one time, right? But God doesn't mess anything up. God doesn't mess anything up. And, in, and then he says in verse 18, He says, On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land from the Wadi or river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Raphaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. And if you look at the, the map, this is the promised land that was given to Abram. So if you see it's part of Egypt, on the other side of the Red Sea, all the way over to Kuwait. All the way over here to to Kuwait, and then back over to Syria. Man, that's a lot of promised land, isn't it? If you go into the Bible in 1 Kings 8, 65, uh, King Solomon, this is 800 years after Abram. King Solomon, that's the land that the Hebrew people occupied. And then Jeroboam, the second, 2 Kings 14 25, this is the land that the Hebrew people occupied. Now they lost the land. Why? Because the children of Israel weren't doing what God said, right? And God punished them. You know, the nation split in two at one time, and a lot of the land was taken because they weren't doing, they weren't being obedient to, to do what God called them to do. But that's the land. So I think it's pretty amazing, man, that everything God has said up to this point has has come true. And even though it's 800 years, you know, God's God's pretty much said, okay, Abram, you want to know? I'm going to tell you, Jack, here's what's going to happen. Here's what you can anticipate taking place. Now, he didn't give him the time frame. He didn't give him the dates. But Abraham believed that. Abraham absolutely believed that. And it said it was credited to him as righteousness because he believed. And again, that belief, man, that belief is based on three things, okay? Again, guys, it's not not based on believing in God. Believing God exists. It's, It's trusting in God, agreeing with Him and His Word, and then it's acting or living our life in obedience to His Word. That's what the belief and the faith is. You know, as I was praying, man, what... Lord, what, what can we take away from chapter 15? What, I mean, what does this mean? What does this mean to me, and what does it mean to us as your followers today? Here's the first thing God shed, said to me: Do you trust me, J.D.? Do you trust me? I mean, I'm God. I'm the creator of everything. I'm the one. In Jesus Christ, I'm holding everything together right now. There ain't nobody on planet Earth taking a breath without me. That God. Do you believe that God? Do you believe me, J.D.? Do you really trust me? If you do, then I want your life to reflect your trust in me. I want you to live in such a way that you trust in me. I want to to be able to say to you, JD, I credit righteousness to you because of your faith. Man, that's the first thing that God said to me that that, that we need to we need to do. And you know, it's it's not because not because of what's going God's gonna give me. It's not because of what God's gonna do through me. No, it's because of relationship with Him. Right? And and I got to looking at that and I, I thought, man, look at I want to tell you, look at the byproduct. Here's a byproduct. Of trusting in God okay here's a byproduct one we get his peace we get his mercy we get his grace we get his favor we get his security and protection we get his comfort we get his joy we get his provision we get a productive life in and through him we get his plan and purpose for our life not our own and we get eternal life that would have been an awesome place to say amen thank you Jesus Man, that's a byproduct of the relationship that we have in Him. Now, I'm not striving for that, but I get that in my right relationship with Him. Man, again, I want to ask you, is there a greater reward on planet Earth than that? No. No, that's number one. Trust me. J.D., do you trust me? And And then the second thing, you know, is, J.D., I'm your reward. I'm your, I'm going to say J.D. because this is what God revealed to me. You read it and let God speak to you. Put your name in there. J.D., I'm your reward. It's just the Lord. I'm your reward. I'm your security. I'm your reward. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? See, look, guys. don't, Don't miss this right here. The abundant life that Jesus came to give us in John 10, 10. See, we, we've stolen that verse and we've, we, we've adulterated that verse to mean something earthly. It has nothing to do with earthly things. The abundant life Jesus came to give us is the relationship with Him. It's being right with Him. It's being credited righteousness because we believe Him. Because we have faith in Him. That's what that verse means, Right? Everything we go through is designed by God to remove the impurities out of our life, right? Nothing's going to happen to you that God hasn't, He hasn't gone through God's hands first, right? And then, how, how many of you have ever been strengthened in your faith by a mountaintop experience? Or, or was it through a trial or a storm that strengthened your faith? See, i got to believe, man, the mountaintop experiences are, are awesome. They're great. The victories are great. But I think it's more often when we go through a storm, when we go through the valley, when we go through the fight, when we go through the all we got is God and that's all we can depend on, that's when our faith really grows. Here's the last thing, man. There is no fear when we trust Him and live in faith. Okay? No fear when we trust Him and we live in faith and we live like God is our reward. Okay? God is my security. God is my reward. And that's the way we live our life. Now, I want to close with this. God walked through that blood covenant. You know, 2,000 years later, God provided another blood covenant. you realize that? Matthew 26. Listen, 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 listen. Hey, guys. Y'all listen to me. Matthew 26, 26, 27. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces, gave it to his disciples, saying take this and eat it for this is my body and he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it he gave it to them and said each of you drink from it for this is my blood here it is which confirms the covenant between God and his people it's poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many and if you scoot over to Hebrews 11 through 15 so christ now has become the high priest over all the good things that have come he has entered that greater more perfect tabernacle in heaven which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world with his own blood not the blood of goats and calves he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever under the old system the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies for a ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our confidence, our consciences from sinful deeds so we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates, here it is, a what? a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they committed under the first covenant. I love what Paul, I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 22. The yes and I'm going to close with this. Guys, y'all come we'll finish. The yes to all God's promises is in Christ. The yes to all God's promises are in Christ. And through Christ, we say yes to the glory of God. Remember, God is the one who makes you and us strong in Christ. God made us His chosen people. He put His mark on us to show that we're His. And He put His Spirit in our hearts to be in guarantee... For all that he has promised. Yes to all of God's promises. Every promise God made in the Bible is in one person. It's in Jesus Christ. Man, do you know him today? Can you say today, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I I, I trust you. And Lord, I know you're my reward. You're my security. You're my reward. And then can we say, Lord, I'm not going to live in fear any longer. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to be the person that you created me to be. Lord, I I, I pray today, that's what God has revealed to you. As we close today, man, whatever God said to you, shared with you through this, respond to him today. Respond to him and let let him take you places that you've never been. Amen? Father, I praise you in Jesus' name. I pray right now, Lord, that you would do a mighty work in our life, in our heart. And Father, it's raining. You cause the rain. You cause the thunder. But Lord, don't let that be a distraction right now. Don't let that, the weather, be a distraction from somebody coming to know you and, 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 and make you the security, make you the, the reward in their life. Filter this message today, Lord. Filter it so each and every one of us can hear exactly what we need. And, Lord, and I pray, I pray we respond. I pray we respond just simply in trust, Lord. That people can look at our life and say, Wow, that person can be credited righteousness because he believes. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.